Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in Thursday edition of the program. It's now official Mike Woodson and Indiana with a top 10 recruiting class. We'll tell you all about that coming up a little bit later in the show today, but lots to get to in this hour. Let's uh, quickly take a look at the show lineup for this Thursday program, a service of Honeybaked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. It's been a really good week of baseball so far. The Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament is underway and we've now made our way through the semifinal round and the championship game set for Friday at Jennings County. It's going to be New Albany at Jennings County for the HHC crown this year. A lot of good coaches, a lot of great players, a lot of good pitching uh, year in and year out in our area, specifically I think the Hoosier Hills Conference, and so a big game coming up on Friday. We will broadcast that game because of a conflict with a Louisville Bats game. It'll be on 9.70 a.m. Friday uh, just before 6 o'clock. But in this opening segment, Landon Teasing, of New Albany is going to join me here in just a few moments. This young man has had an outstanding week of baseball. On Monday, he pitched a complete game win over rival Floyd Central. And last night, as New Albany cruised past Seymour, he had a grand slam and his bat was really rolling as well. So Landon teasing with us a little bit later here in just a few moments. Also, it's Thursday, which means Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us. The latest on IU basketball. We'll recap this big recruiting class for Mike Woodson and uh, plenty of other off-season topics to get to today when Alex joins us for his weekly conversation. That's the show lineup for this Thursday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A couple notes, uh, again, a reminder, Friday night high school baseball will be on just before 6 o'clock. A 6 o'clock first pitch, New Albany at Floyd Central for the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship. And you can text me, send a question, a comment in for our guest, uh, any topics you want to talk about. The Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And that number uh, to text the show is 502 502- 414-1450. Let's get to our first guest, Landon Teasing, pitcher and shortstop infielder for New Albany. Uh, committed to Kent State already as a junior. He's going to play Division I college baseball, and he's had a big week so far for New Albany 
in the Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament. Landon, uh, congrats on a big week, a uh, great uh, Grand Slam last night, and a really good pitching performance on Monday. You've got things going in a good direction. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what's what's what what's happened this week. Uh, you've got to feel like with the postseason just around the corner, you guys are taking on really good competition and having a lot of success. Are you beginning to find your groove for the postseason? Oh, absolutely. I think all the guys are uh, we're all settled in now. We played uh, we played some good competition all uh, all season, so I feel like we're at, right now we're playing our best uh, our best baseball, and it's definitely a good time to be doing it. What's it feel like in just a couple days to have a big win on the mound Monday against a rival, by the way, and then come back with a grand slam and get your bat really rolling again last night? It's awesome. It's just an awesome feeling because uh, prior to that, I hadn't been swinging it, you know, crazy, uh, crazy well. But you know, it's it's baseball is a tough game. You just try to try to keep a clear mindset. So that's all I did. Just try to keep a clear mindset, and uh, I just happened to connect one. Yeah, you're really good in the infield as well. I'm curious, do you have a favorite position, or is pitching uh, what you're thinking about for the future? Uh, I'd probably say my favorite position in the infield would be short, but uh, I mean, I move around. I'll move around a lot, so I'm not for sure where I'm. I'm a dead set position at. All right, Landon Teasing of New Albany is our guest. Landon, uh, I'm sure you have been around New Albany and the high school in the baseball program long enough to understand how good the Hoosier Hills Conference is really each and every year. It's not just been during your time as a high school student athlete. What's the competition like for you guys in the conference right now, and what would it mean to finish out the week with a victory and for New Albany to win its first Hoosier Hills Conference in a number of years on Friday night? Oh, I think our conference is arguably, I mean, it's it's absurd. you got teams like Floyd Central and Jeff who just, they can both swing it really well. And then you've got Jennings, who has yeah, pretty good amount, pretty good pitching. So I mean, overall the conference is crazy, and uh, to to bring home a possibly bring home a championship uh, Friday would be awesome. Now, Landon, you and Tucker Biven, I think that's got to be a great one-two punch. There's also a number of other college commitments right now on the New Albany team, and just a really uh, solid group of baseball players. What's it like to practice and play and go through this conference tournament and get ready for the sectional with this group? It's fun. I mean, all the guys are competing. It's uh, it's good to have guys to compete with. You know, they keep you keep you uh, on your toes and stuff. And you know, we all just we all keep each other uh, keeping each other better. And it's it's going to be fun. Talking with Landon Teasing, a New Albany baseball player. New Albany will play for a Hoosier Hills Conference championship on Friday night. You uh, you work on baseball year round. I know you've played other sports, but in recent years have really honed in on baseball. Where does your passion come from for this game? And can you talk a little bit about what you do year round to uh, make yourself a college prospect, to earn some a college interest and ultimately a, a scholarship offer from Kent State? Uh, yeah, uh, during the off season, it's just, uh, it's more of, uh, for, for the piece, for the uh, first few months, it's more of like uh, lifting and stuff. I, I keep my swing in check a little bit, so I'll hit every once in a while. And then towards uh, January, it's more uh, stretching, and uh, you'll do a lot of throwing, and then uh, constant, constantly hitting, always hitting. 
Landon, I want to go back to Monday's game when you were on the mound for just a moment. You did give up a couple of early runs, but really got things rolling uh, as the game progressed. We talked about how good the Hoosier Hills Conference is. Obviously, there's no bigger rival than a Jeff or a Floyd Central that you'll play in the regular season, in the conference, maybe in postseason as well. What's it like to get the starting nod for one of those big games and then Monday night to beat a rival, a team that's also really good? What's that feeling like for you and your teammates? It's fun. Uh, it's it's nice to be able to count on a defense or to be able to uh, count on the defense that I have behind me so I can, I can know that I can pitch and they'll just make plays. So, you know, when he told me I was ready to start uh, against Floyd Central Monday, I was like, let's do it. I mean, you got to compete, and that's what we did as a team, and that's, that's the, that was the outcome we wanted talking with Landon Teasing of New Albany here as we begin our Thursday program. Now, Landon, I, I know your focus is solely on Friday's conference championship game, but if you could look ahead for just a second, the postseason is going to be here very soon. We've known the pairings for the sectional. You're going to rematch with Floyd Central again in the opening round of sectional play, which will be played at Jennings County. The end of the school year is almost here, and really the chance to compete for another championship is ahead. How exciting is that to know that you've got all those big things coming up here later this month? Oh, absolutely. It's just, uh, I, I mean, like I said, we're playing our best baseball right now, and I think that if we can just keep being consistent, that we'll, we'll definitely have another shot at a sectional. All right, Landon, I want to ask you as well, you committed to earlier in the year to Kent State. That's a big opportunity for you, and getting that college choice out of the way your junior year. Why Kent State? How did that recruitment come about, and what made you feel that's the place for you uh, after another year, next season at New Albany, when your high school career comes to a close? So over the summer, uh, I play a lot of baseball over the summer, and they just happened to track me down at one of our tournaments and said, you know, we're going to keep in touch. And I guess over time they just found interest in me. And I uh, I went to a camp uh, during the fall at their um, at their place, and I visited the uh, the campus a little bit. And it almost I would say it almost felt like home because you know the coaches the coaching staff's amazing. Uh, I love the campus. Just they, I even got the chance to talk to the players a little bit. All the players seem like they know what they're doing, and they seem like they've got a good a good bond there, like brotherhood. So, I mean, I just love the place in general. All right, Landon Teasing with us talking about his big week and New Albany's big week win on Monday over Floyd Central last night, cruising to a victory over Seymour, setting up a Friday night conference championship game against Jennings County. Congratulations, Landon, on a big week and a really good season overall, and best of luck on Friday night. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And New Albany, a winner last night, 13-0 in a shortened game. It was just five innings up at Seymour. New Albany now 15-7. and Jennings County is good as well. I understand that their ace pitcher, Vogel, who's committed to IU, uh, is expired as far as his pitch count goes, so he will not be available uh, for the game on Friday, but should be a good one. And keep in mind, the Hoosier Hills Conference, five years in a row, uh, was won by Jeffersonville. So they were upset earlier in the week by Columbus East. And uh, so this will be the first time in five seasons, really six years if you count the off year uh, because of COVID, that the Red Devils won't be playing for a championship game. But my point is, a lot of success from down this way uh, for local programs. And I believe before Jeff's run, New Albany won it. Uh, that was their last Hoosier Hills Conference tournament championship. So uh, a big tournament near the postseason, a great way to gear up for the sectional. And, of course, 
That 4A sectional at Jennings County is going to be really good. You've got Silver Creek, Providence. Borden is number one in 1A. We try to talk a lot of high school baseball as we can. But once again, another really good year for the area in baseball. And I tell you, uh, as far as that 4A sectional goes, up in the air. I could see a number of those teams uh, in that uh, sectional with a chance to win it and move on to the regional round. So that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, and we look forward to being there as well. Another reminder, because of Bats Baseball on the Big X, we'll be on 970 a.m. Friday. We'll bring you the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship game from North Vernon up at Jennings County, and our pregame coverage will begin just before 6 o'clock, and first pitch in that contest is expected for 6 p.m. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget the Big X Sports Radio golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with a 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today. The address is BigXSportsRadio.com or you can call 812-725-1457. That's 812-725-1457. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, my guest, Lots on IU basketball. We'll talk about a top 10 recruiting class for the Hoosiers, Trace Jackson Davis, and just some other off-season topics that we want to get to with Alex when we come back. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is my guest, and the Thornton's text line is open. That number you can send a text to is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Well, Alex, the uh, IU 2022 recruiting class with final rankings coming out for multiple services earlier this week is now regarded across the board as a top 10 class in the country. And I think concerns of Mike Woodson, the NBA veteran player and coach that maybe had never recruited high school athletes before or managed a roster in a transfer portal in the way that he's doing at IU, thanks to Kenya Hunter and Yasir Rosemont and some good help from assistants and his support staff, uh, he's had two really good classes to start off his career as the boss at IU. Yeah, I think so far it's gone about as well as it could have for Mike Woodson in terms of recruiting. Um, he's obviously been able to reel in uh, some really talented players last season. Uh, was able to keep Logan Duncan in the fold and bring in Tamar Bates. And then this year with his first full cycle, uh, signing uh, Caleb Banks, holding on to the commitment of C.J. Gunn and, and also adding Jalen Huchifino back in the fall was a good start. And then uh, this spring being able to bring in uh, Malik Renew was kind of um, just more validation that, that Woodson's going to be able to 
to find some success on the trail. And, and one thing I think is important to note with the players he's landing, although I think there's some people that may want to see him go after some even higher ranked guys, the, these talented players that he's landing all seem like multi-year players. And I think anytime you're trying to build a program and have sustained success, you know, finding those guys that are ranked maybe in the 20 to 50 to 80 range that are going to be in your program for multiple years that you can develop over a, a long period of time are important uh, for sustaining success. So I think Woodson and his staff have, have done a really good job so far. Uh, and I think a lot of it in the future is going to come down to how much they can uh, win games because ultimately I think players want to become a part of a program that's successful on the court and give themselves a chance to win a lot of games in college and go on to the NBA. We'll see how that transpires over the next couple of years. But yeah, so far he's done a really good job to start. Jalen hood Shafino and Malik Renault in that 2022 class are both in the top 35 when you look at the 247 sports rankings that came out for the final time in that class earlier this week. Those are two big names, and I know I've mentioned this at times with you and others that join the show, but I think uh, their commitments, their coming to IU is, is much more than them being great players themselves with a great future ahead of them, I think. But getting involved in a program like Montverde it just seems to lead from one commitment to another to maybe some interest from some of their younger players. Uh, this is kind of a new area, Florida and Montverde, a, a national-type high school program that we're seeing these IU assistant coaches specifically really develop deep connections with. Yeah, and it's important to be able to do that, too, for the years where maybe this talent in-state isn't as high as what uh, you would would want to have uh, – Obviously, if you can get players from Indiana and you can get and they're talented enough to help the program and play, uh, you want to target those guys first. But in those years where maybe that isn't the case, uh, this last season was a perfect example. Uh, they went out and you know got Caleb Banks out of Georgia, and then obviously the two guys from Mount Verde, while also getting one of the top in-state players in CJ Gunn. So I think be, being able to recruit multiple areas of the country. I think, you know, Kenya Hunter's got connections all over. Uh, you see a Roseman down in the south is, is very well connected. And Brian Walsh, I think, is going to be kind of the right-hand man uh, in the Midwest and, and maybe up in even into the Pennsylvania area where he's originally from. So I think just kind of having um, multiple areas of the country where you can go and get players and to have a you know, I wouldn't call it a pipeline at this point. They've only gotten two players from, from Montverde. But to be able to establish those uh, recruiting ties there and, and be able to, to get players from a program like that, that year in, year out, has some of the nation's best players, I think is only going to help the program moving forward. Talking with Alex Bozich of InsideTheHall.com. You can also follow him at, at uh, InsideTheHall on Twitter as well. Alex, uh, now we move on to 2023 where Indiana's got – a handful of commitments uh, lined up so far and uh, really has been out this spring kind of checking out some other prospects. Indiana, after some really good players that are still available at this point, namely K.J. Evans, Kwame Evans, one of those guys that stands out, I think we should expect, based on who's committed so far and other prospects that Indiana seems to be seriously involved with, that there's the potential for another really good nationally ranked recruiting class for Mike Woodson and this staff. Yeah, I mean, they've already got two guys committed uh, who are cons widely considered top 100, even higher if you 
uh, depending on which service you look at, and Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups. And, and now I think having that those two guys already uh, in the mix, having really your guard situation, I think, pretty well set up now into the next couple of seasons with Cups and Newton and Hood Shafino and Tamar Bates. I think it's going to allow Indiana to maybe go look for some wing help. And uh, obviously front court, I think, is the big the biggest pressing need of, of – position where they need to, to shore things up moving into the future may not uh this next season may not show that but i think kind of as you go down the line and project the roster out you know obviously race thompson will be moving on after next season we don't know uh if, you know if trace jackson davis will be back this coming season but but beyond that i mean there's there's definitely going to be a need i think in the front court so i i think this is has a chance to set up to be another you know top 10 top 15 type recruiting class if they can you know, pull in a couple more recruits who are in the t- you know top 50, top 100 range. I think that'll be, uh, you know, a really good uh, class. And, and like I said, I mean, as much as people want to see, you know, that five-star guy like a Romeo or an Eric Gordon, uh, ultimately those guys are, are usually just a one-and-done uh, situation. And, yeah, they can help you win games for a year, but really you want to target those guys that are going to stick around for a couple of years and you can develop and have sustained sustained uh, success. I'm not saying that anybody would would turn down a Romeo or an Eric Gordon situation, but those are the kind of guys you want to hit on when you've already got your program up and running, and maybe that's the one guy that can push you over the top. But you know, if you're trying to rely on that on a year-in, year-in basis to build a program, I think it's very difficult to do unless you're getting multiple guys like that every season. Absolutely. Alex Bozich is my guest. He's with us on Thursdays. Alex, another topic that's come up multiple times this week, but you know, I, I know you know this guy well, and I want to get your opinion on it. And so far, it's been raving reviews from everybody you talk to, former players and IU fans and even media, that Jordan Halls, his addition to, I guess you'd call it the support staff of Coach Woodson at IU as the team and recruiting coordinator, is a really big deal for him and for IU. Uh, it, uh, I think, checks so many boxes for Mike Woodson. Halls, a former player, Halls is just coming out of a professional career that, in fact, as of today, is still in progress. And so, for many reasons, five-star reviews for Jordan Halls to IU. Yeah, I mean, he's universally loved by fans. Uh, Somebody that, going back since I've been doing this since 2007, I mean, he'd be on the list of probably four or five guys that have been – you know, fan favorites at the top of the list uh, for Indiana basketball. And people have continued to follow his career. The fact that he's from Bloomington, um, I think there's a lot of excitement that he's coming home. And you know, he he's somebody that has always maximized his opportunities. Looking back at what he was able to do at Bloomington South and winning a state championship and winning Mr. Basketball, you know, he wasn't a guy that you would have looked at as a middle school player early in his high school career and say, this guy's going to start you know, for a Big Ten championship team or go play eight or nine years overseas and uh, make, you know, pretty good money as a professional player. Uh, I think that kind of speaks to just his drive and his work ethic. And, you know, I I don't see any reason why that wouldn't carry over to this new opportunity for him joining the Indiana basketball staff. You know, he could have gone probably into the private sector and business and made a lot of money uh, just based off of his name and, you know, things like that. But this shows that I think uh, that he's willing to do this job. It's not obviously uh, an assistant coaching job. It's not really anywhere close to high man on the totem pole in terms of uh, the Indiana 
staff, you know, he, his, him showing the willingness to kind of start out at this level and potentially work his way up and build a career in coaching shows to me that, you know, he's willing to put the work in. And I'm just excited to see how he's able to do and how he grows. And he's always been great uh, to the media, to all of us, and uh, just a really nice person. It's always, you know, you know, there's, there's certain guys you'll call and try to get an interview and they'll give you the run around or you won't hear back from them. But Jordan Poles is someone that always picks up the phone and uh, stays connected. And uh, I think Indiana fans are going to really enjoy having him back around. Yeah, absolutely. I assume him taking this position uh, at Indiana on the support staff signals maybe an interest from him in coaching down the line. This is a great position to get involved in. Uh, if that's your goal right out of the gate uh, after a professional career. Yeah, I would, I would definitely think that's uh, the case. You know, we haven't talked to him yet. I, I would expect once he gets back and you know, we have a chance to zoom with him and, and talk to him uh, directly um, that we can maybe find out a little bit more what's uh, motivated him to do this. But yeah, it seems this isn't a job that you take um, if you're not looking to move up. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a situation where he's just going to be holding a clipboard and he's just there because of his name. He's actually going to be, I think, putting in a lot of work. It's an important position, as we saw with Brian Walsh the last couple of years. I think he did a lot of good things on the recruiting trail, kind of behind the scenes. And I think Mike Woodson's probably looking at this as a situation where that, that needs to continue. And he, he has the faith and Jordan holds that he's going to have the work ethic to do that and uh, yeah, I think it'll be definitely a situation where if he's successful, uh, he can move up uh, within the staff, or you know, you know, maybe go somewhere else and get a chance to be an assistant assistant coach down the road. You never know how these things will will work out. But in terms of getting a first opportunity uh, to kind of break into the coaching ranks, this is a pretty good uh, spot for him. Alex Bozich inside the hall with me here on this Thursday program. Alex uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Another really daily topic that comes up with uh, his NBA Combine invite and his considerations on what to do. Stay in the draft after the June 1 deadline or uh, after the Combine before June 1st. Will he ultimately uh, announce that he's coming back to Indiana? You spoke with Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. He's one of those draft big board guys that I follow on a regular basis that's fairly accurate and seems to have a lot of good connections and sources in this entire process, summarize what Jeremy told you, and then give us your thoughts on Trace Jackson Davis. And as he gets ready uh, later this month, I think in about six days from now, to compete in the combine and see if he can showcase maybe his perimeter skills and earn a second round selection from an NBA team. What do you think is going to happen there? What do you What do you prognosticate? Well, in terms of the conversation. Um, talked to Jeremy about a lot of things. It's on, you know, if you subscribe to a podcast on the brink on, on Spotify or, or iTunes, it's on there. I'd encourage you to go listen to the whole conversation. We talked not only about Trace, but a lot of other Big Ten prospects and even got some his thoughts on some of the guys that have a chance to go number one overall. So if, if you like the draft and college basketball, it's really fascinating uh, insight from, from Jeremy. But in terms of Trace Jackson Davis, he's got him lower I think than some in terms of his rankings, but it's also an inexact science when you get down past, you know, I'd say 30 or 40. Uh, there's, d- depending on team needs, there's guys that probably that aren't going to be on his big board or guys that are ranked down in the 90s that, that could get a chance depending on what a team needs. You know, I think he kind of agrees with what a lot of us 
saw over Indiana, uh, over Jackson Davis's Indiana career that, you know, he obviously got better every year, but he didn't add a whole lot to his game. You look at Trace Jackson Davis, even going back to watching him in high school, I can remember Center Grove when he was, I think, a junior um, when he played um, against New Albany in that regional game. I think it was uh, up there at Seymour. You know, he was a really good player and played a lot inside and did a lot of things around the basket, and that's kind of what he is now, just a better version of that. He's gotten better but never really improved as a shooter. I think his free throw percentage is something that teams are going to look at and say that's not a good sign in terms of him getting better as a shooter, and he never really progressed in terms of being able to shoot from the perimeter. So I think those are some things that are kind of probably holding him back. And in terms of what is actually going to happen here, it's hard to project because I don't know exactly what his mentality is in terms of whether he wants to come back or if he just wants to move on and get on with the next phase of his life. I mean, I think if he stayed in the draft, even if he didn't get picked, he'd probably have a pretty good chance to get a two-way contract and you know, maybe earn a call-up through uh, the G League route. Or if he got picked in the second round, there's a chance he could get a guaranteed contract for a couple of years. So I think really it's going to come down to what he wants to do in terms of his future and if he's comfortable betting on himself. But I, I don't really foresee a scenario where he's going to be a first-round pick unless he really knocks it out of the park at the Combine. Alex, I know the NBA uh, Combine begins on May 18th. A few days before that, there's a G League Combine as well where some players will be at both of those events and uh, showcase their skills in front of G League and then NBA coaches. Is Trace doing both of them, or is he just going to the actual NBA Combine? Do you know? Just the NBA. Uh, the G League Combine is basically for some of the guys who don't get the regular Combine invite. And um, well, what happens there is you'll see some guys who play really well, and then the NBA will invite them to the regular Combine. It happened last year, I think, with, Dwayne Washington, uh, who played at Ohio State, Aaron Wiggins, who played at Maryland. Both of those guys ended up in the NBA this year, but they started out the G League Combine and earned an invite to the actual Combine there later in the week in Chicago, and then ultimately found their way uh, to play on to, to a roster. I believe Washington uh, played with the Pacers, and Aaron Wiggins played with Oklahoma City. So there's a route there for those guys to take. There'll probably be a couple guys that play really well, stand out, and then earn a combine invite, maybe open some eyes. But Trace got the, the more coveted invite, which is directly into the combine. I would say he was probably in the bottom third of guys ended up getting an invite, uh, given that there was 76 guys that were invited. And he's, you know, you look at his ranking, most of the big boards, he's below, you know, 50, 55 uh, moving down. So we'll just see. Uh, how it all pans out will be pretty fascinating. And then again, he has until June 1st to make his final decision. And after that time, we'll have a much better feel of what Indiana's roster is going to look like for next season. Alex, I had a uh, note from a listener that said, please ask Alex his thoughts on Logan Duncan. Will he develop into a player next season that potentially could see some time for the Hoosiers? He's a guy, Alex, we didn't really see uh, this past season and you know coming out of high school it was thought that he was a, a, a big get a good get for IU uh, where does he fit in where could he possibly stand for next year it's hard to know because as you mentioned Matt we didn't see him at all really last year in any situation that's meaningful he played briefly a couple times burned his redshirt year which I don't necessarily think was the greatest uh, decision 
in terms of u- utilizing his season. So he will be from a eligibility standpoint next season, uh, a sophomore, but barely played at all this past season. I think a lot of it's going to come down to whether or not Trace Jackson Davis comes back. If Jackson Davis comes back, he's pretty blocked in terms of minutes uh, behind Race Thompson, Trace, uh, Malik Renault, Jordan Geronimo, those guys. If Trace doesn't come back, then I think they're going to need him to step forward and, and play a much bigger role. You know, in high school, he was a very productive player, played you know a reasonably good level of competition in both AAU and in high school, but moving up a level, I think the biggest thing with him is needing to put on weight. And if he's not able to do that this off season, I find it, I find it's going to probably be difficult for him to, to really be much of a productive player in the big 10. You look at him, he's just, he's tall, but he's lanky and he's not really strong enough. I don't think to go against some of the, the big guys in the, in the big 10. So I think that's the biggest thing for him. I don't think the skill is a question mark. I don't think the, the drive to get better and how hard he plays, I think it's ultimately going to come down to can he get strong enough uh, to hold his own in the paint. And if the answer to that is yes, I think he can end up being a productive player next season. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest on Thursdays in this segment. Catching up with some other news from last week, uh, Indiana announced that, well, it's not, nothing official has been announced, but the word is out, according to John Rothstein, a college basketball uh, national reporter that Indiana is going to take on Arizona uh, in a neutral site game at Las Vegas. So, Alex, we're kind of seeing what Mike Woodson told us in that very first press conference that he didn't want to overwhelm or do anything crazy with the schedule right out of the gate, but slowly build it into a situation where IU takes on some top-notch competition and uh, obviously Kansas, a game on the schedule for next year, and now uh, a Vegas game with Arizona. Your early thoughts on what we know, just a couple games so far, really is all we know about the schedule for next season. Yeah, I mean, two probably the two biggest non-conference games for next season are, are already known. They're going to play Arizona, obviously, reportedly, uh, out in Las Vegas on December 10th. And a week later, uh, they'll play at Kansas on December 17th. So, you know, if you had any questions about Indiana's strength of schedule in the non-conference last season, uh, I think it's going to be going up a significant amount. And obviously they could kind of schedule lightly in terms of home games uh, for non-conference play, which I don't think a lot of fans will be thrilled if the only uh, marquee non-home non-conference game they get is Big Ten ACC Challenge. I think they need to kind of supplement, at least get a decent couple other decent home games there. Non-conference, not saying they need to go crazy with high major opponents, but at least get a, a couple decent mid-majors, a couple intriguing games, I think uh, would, would go a long way in terms of making people feel good about uh, the non-conference schedule. But yeah, those are the two games that we know so far, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, – how Indiana performs in those games. I don't think either game will be favored. Obviously, nobody goes into Kansas and uh, expects to win. Uh, and in Arizona out in Las Vegas, I would think Arizona is going to be a you know preseason ranked team and uh, a team with a lot of talent going into next season, uh, losing some guys, but a relative uh, easy trip for their fans to make. So Indiana fans will have to travel well uh, out to Vegas. I know they will. That should be uh, definitely a game that a lot of people look forward to. And, uh, I think it's definitely good to see Indiana uh, kind of holding on 
to what they said in terms of upgrading the schedule. If they're going to drop the Crossroads Classic uh, to have something uh, like these two games, I think next season is, is, is definitely encouraging. Alex Bozich inside the hall joining me. Alex, one other question uh, that someone sent in to me is, uh, looks like Louisville, and I haven't seen the release yet, but Louisville has hired like a director of NIL name, image, and likeness services for their athletic department, and I'm pretty sure I saw a release or a story from Purdue recently that they hired a similar position as well. I, I, I wasn't aware that colleges could be involved in anything to do with the NIL process, so I assume it must be on the athlete side working with them to help build their profiles and um, and so forth. But are you aware of any of these, uh, the role of any of these new jobs we're seeing in some athletic departments? That was kind of the gist of the question that was sent in for you. I did see uh, the Louisville thing today. I hadn't had a chance to read up too closely on it, my guess, and this is just kind of me speaking off the cuff and having not done too much research on it, is that it would be kind of an educational-type role in terms of helping the athletes kind of find what's out there. Uh, obviously, they can't facilitate anything, but you know, you can do a lot of things in terms of educating uh, your athletes in terms of what they can and can't do and helping them put themselves in the best position to be marketable uh, to these deals. So if I had to guess, like I said, uh, don't take my my word as the gospel on this, but my guess is it's probably uh, just kind of a support role and and somebody that that student athletes can have within the athletic department to kind of let them know uh, what they can and can't do from an NIL perspective and help connect them potentially uh, with different avenues where they're able uh, to maybe get uh, deals. You know, Indiana had uh, early on with the NIL process, you know, that relationship with Open Doors, which they still do. A lot of their athletes are on that, and they kind of helped facilitate Indiana, you know, the athletes being on that platform. So I think there's things you can do that are within the rules in terms of educating your athletes. But uh, if I had to guess, that's probably what it's alluding to. And, um, I don't know if Indiana already has somebody kind of doing that kind of stuff, maybe without that, not having that title. Um, but obviously these schools are putting out these releases and publicizing this stuff because they want to make it seem like they're on the forefront of NIL. But I can tell you that Indiana has been very forward thinking already with this stuff and, and they're, they're on the ball. So whether or not they have somebody on staff with that title, I'm not sure matters all that much. Yeah. understand Alex uh, final Topic for you here, I promise. Uh, Romeo Langford uh, getting another big honor. It was announced by New Albany High School earlier this week that the school board has approved the Doghouse Gymnasium at New Albany to be named, uh, I think, Romeo Langford Court. So a few years ago, when he was still a senior, there was a first-class outdoor court built at Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park, and it bears Romeo's name. And that was a really neat and, I think, appropriate honor for someone that had done so much to bring his community together during those great years. Now he's getting a really big honor. Think about all of the great players and teams at New Albany over the years, and his name is going to be on that court. What an honor for Romeo. Yeah, I saw that earlier this week. That's that's definitely cool that uh, they're going to do that. Hopefully he's able to come back and uh, – that dedication or whatever they do that uh, he's able to be a part of it i know uh with his schedule with the nba it's probably not necessarily as easy for him to do that but maybe they can do that uh this off season or something like that i'm sure people would 
love to uh, to see him uh, at New Albany and have a chance to do that. So that's 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 cool. I think well deserved. Obviously, like you said, Matt, there's been a lot of really great players come through New Albany, uh, but no one quite like Romeo. And uh, I think he continues to to be a great representative of of the school and the community, and I'm glad they were able to recognize him in this way. Alex Bozich inside the hall, his website, insidethehall.com. You can follow him on Twitter, a great follow for IU Basketball, at Inside the Hall, and, of course, he's with us Thursdays here on the Hoosier Report. Alex, thank you so much. Covered a lot of ground today. We'll do it again next Thursday. All right, Matt. Thanks. Have a great day. All right, Alex Bozich with us on Thursdays, as always. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back and recap some things, uh, a number of different topics and some headlines to catch up on as we wrap up this Wednesday program in the next segment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for. All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on the final segment of this Thursday program, we talked about this great IU basketball recruiting class that's now official with a lot of the final rankings coming out uh, as these players near high school graduation. Some of them have already graduated, and uh, not too far down the line, uh, they'll be in Bloomington at different times over the course of the summer to get started with uh, Cliff Marshall and the IU Strength and Conditioning Program. But just to kind of recap things, I know we mentioned earlier Jalen Hood-Chefino with uh, a very high national ranking, number 22 in the composite rankings that were updated by 247 Sports and the number five combo guard, Malik Renault, the most recent addition to the IU program, uh, a five-star as well as is Hood Shafino, number 27 overall, the number three ranked power forward in the 247 Sports, the composite rankings. And then Caleb Banks, he is next. He's a four-star, number 83 overall, and the number 15th uh, power forward in the composite rankings that have been put together. C.J. Gunn, the in-state player from Lawrence North, he's a three-star, number 169 overall, and he's the number 24th-ranked shooting guard in that class. Again, all those rankings from the 24-7 sports, the 247 sports composite rankings. So a really good class, not just ranking-wise, but if you look at the makeup of it geographically across the country, IU touching a lot of different portions of basketball hotbeds uh, in the country. Also, uh, wanted to mention a couple visits forthcoming. One of them taking place today. Jonathan Powell. He's a six foot six shooting guard in the 2024 class, and he's going to team up next season at Centerville, Ohio, with Gage Cups, who's already committed to the IU program. In fact, 
We said earlier this week that Centerville and Cups are going to play at New Albany uh, right after the Christmas holiday, play the Bulldogs in a game. In fact, the battle of the Bulldogs, it's the Centerville Bulldogs as well. So Powell is uh, a name to watch there. We heard about him a little bit earlier in the week uh, from one of our guests. Also, another interesting name, and I've heard about this young man. I've not seen him play yet. His name is Travis Perry. He's a six foot two point guard in the 2024 class. He's going to take an unofficial visit to Bloomington on Friday. He is from Little Lyon County, Kentucky, and uh, he is really good. I know Lyon County had a great uh, season this past year and kind of one of the small schools in Kentucky that's going to be fun to watch next season. But both of those guys, Powell and Perry, beginning to really get a lot of scholarship interest. And then, of course, if you bump down to the 2025 class, Jalen Harrelson from Fishers, and of course uh, Sicily, uh, Trent Sicily from Heritage Hills. Both of those guys uh, moving up the national rankings, beginning to get a lot of scholarship offers, beginning to hear from a lot of different programs as well. Uh, so again, names both in the state and far beyond the state that Indiana uh, is involved with, and with the success that they've had. When IU gets involved with a player these days, you feel like they've got a legitimate chance to land him, and that wasn't always the case just a few short years ago. So going to be interesting to see where the recruiting goes this July, and of course as we get into the fall, and some of those 2023 guys that have not committed begin to solidify things and make decisions. But some fun months ahead as far as recruiting goes, so if you like Tracking all of that, uh, there's going to be plenty to talk about here in the summer months. Of course, later in May, the EYBL, the Nike EYBL, makes a stop in Louisville, uh, which will be uh, an opportunity to see up close and personal a lot of these guys that we talk about. Then in June, uh, the travel stuff slows down. You've got a lot of high school stuff. In fact, the big summer league I'm a part of at New Albany and also in Louisville. It'll be played at some other locations as well. Uh, gearing up for that schedule to come out here in the next week and a half or so. So that's ahead. And then in July, it's uh, a lot of live periods. Coaches will be out. Uh, the Nike Peach Jam is a big event, but there are some others across the country as well. So a lot of recruiting stuff uh, for the Hoosiers coming up here over the next few months. Thanks for being with us here on this Thursday program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts. And really, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Also, a rem reminder, a programming note, you could say, uh, we'll have high school baseball on Friday. And I've had a lot of questions. Hey, where are the high school baseball games? Well, we're getting into the heart of the season. And, of course, postseason coverage coming up. But because of Louisville Bats, now that the Big X is the proud home of the Bats, uh, they play a lot of games, and they play most days on average Tuesday through Sunday. So some of these baseball games you'll have to pay attention to our social media accounts or to my announcements here on this program. Uh, we're going to have to do a lot of them on other stations and sister stations to the Big X. So Friday's Hoosier Hills Conference championship game uh, will be on 970 AM, which is WGTK. Uh, you can catch that streaming as well. We'll put all that information out. But should be a good one, New Albany at Jennings County on Friday. I'll be back with you tomorrow 
at 11 a.m. for the Friday edition of our program. Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join as we talk IU basketball, football, and more. And also Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star on recruiting and lots of other high school sports topics. That wraps it up for today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.